Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie, he was a co-host on the US version of Top Gear, and his current stand-up special is called, It's Scary In Here, it's available for you free on YouTube. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. Thank you guys so much for being here. It is showtime once again. My guest in the ADD interview is comedian, host of the Mental Illness Happy Hour podcast. His name is Paul Gilmartin. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join our conversation. And our super fan shout out is for Steve Roth. Say hi to Steve, everybody. Hey, Steve. Stevie, how you doing, man? Steve, Phil says hello. Uh, he is still a, adrift, and uh, I wanted to talk about him, too, because here's what happened. In my conversation with Paul, uh, he mentioned that the opposite of depression is not happiness. The opposite of depression is vitality. Mm. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that makes sense, right? So my question to you is, does this man sound vital to you? I'm starting to crawl out of the abyss. <laughs> Oh, Phil. <laughs> so he's doing great. Yeah. <laughs> he's in the abyss. What is going on with him? Why is he in the abyss? Yeah, listen to it. Yes. Phil, you got, you got sinus pressure. Now you're in an abyss. I can't breathe <laughs> out of the right side of my face, all right? It's the abyss. Okay. He can't breathe out of the right side of the face. It's his abyss. <laughs> He can't breathe out the right side of his face. Now, now his right nostril's been clogged. How should we take that? Well, I, this, this I don't know. All I know is he's been clogged for three weeks, which means I've been hearing about his sinuses for three weeks. <laughs> well, we could take it, you know, the right side, meaning there's a feminine and masculine, and the right side is masculine. Yeah. So Phil's masculine side is clogged up. Yes. He needs I, to I, checks out. I, I think, I think the whole point. thing is crumbling. I think boys and girls, whatever he is, is, is falling <laughs> apart. 
<laughs> He's a non-binary mess. That's what he is. <laughs> but at least he's handling it well, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I love him, and I, I actually tried to help him. Here, listen to this. All right, so do this. Lay on the other side and let the sinus drain. It's either going to drain or that side will get clogged up. And if that side gets clogged up, you won't be able to breathe at all, and then it'll all be over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, this is not a man that possesses vitality. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. At this present time. Yeah. So he is I, not. Yeah. He, it's not a lot of vitality coming out of his voice right now. So what uh, I tried to do is I, I tried to get him to move a little bit. I tried to get him to get his mind off of his, his sinuses and, and to take action. I thought it was COVID that I tested negative, and I don't know what it is now. It won't go away. Well, maybe it's not you. Maybe it's maybe it's the cat. Maybe it's mold. You could be allergic to mold. Mold? Oh, well, you mean like bread? You could have mold in the cabin. <laughs> well, how do you know that? You, you look around. See if you got mold in the shower. Look around the baseboard. See if there's any mold. You could be having an allergic reaction. All right. So I got him doing something. I got him searching. You played the mold card. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Your Honor, can I approach the bench? Yeah, the, the the chair recognizes the man from D.C., yes. You mold? You mean like bread? That's where, <laughs> like, mold's all over the place. It's not just showing bread, Phil. Like, mold's every <laughs> Penicillin! Penicillin is mold! Come on, Phil. I love you, man, but come don't, on. Don't confuse him. Don't confuse him. You're right. The only mold you get is from, like, Wonder Bread. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> legitimately that could be the answer but i love it because this in essence becomes like a snipe hunt you know where he, you know he's just searching everywhere for mold if he does this it's hey, great I, I, I don't think you guys understand i this could, could possibly be a cause okay this could I'm, I'm not i'm not just trying to get him to look for stuff all right maybe i am but still <laughs> i think i'm gonna go with mark's philosophy just want him to look under and over and in everything <laughs> yeah because your intentions with this are always as pure as the driven snow i'm sorry thank you Mark. I, I thank you for I, recognizing my selflessness I, I keep overlooking your halo adam mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. it's my cross to bear woman <laughs> oh god oh poor phil you know what stop it stop it it's not it's not mold stop. i know what you're trying to do i know what you're trying to take me and uh, you're, you're taking advantage of a guy who can't breathe i'm not doing it okay yeah i'm taking advantage of a guy who can't breathe out of the masculine side of his body huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right fine don't listen to me stay there with your clogged sinuses let me ask you this how old is the ship you're on right now it's uh, like 25 years. It's the oldest ship in the fleet. Oh, uh, what the fuck <laughs> That means it's a good possibility of mold, but you make your own choice. <laughs> oh, I just brilliantly played. Yeah. <laughs> just bringing her, luring him in. Oh, it's an old ship. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you decide for yourself, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> you do guilt. Very well, Adam. <laughs> that was pretty good passive aggressive behavior, man. I love yeah, it. And I just like his because my mother would do that to me all the time. Listen, fine. Go out. I want you to enjoy your life. If you come home and I should be dead, make sure I get a decent <laughs> funeral. What? 
I'm not doing this, man. The ship is fine. They wouldn't let people sail on it if there was mold. Okay. Then you're at, look, if you're comfortable possibly dying on the black pearl, that's your choice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I didn't even call you. I'm listening. Nothing helps here. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, it's not mold. Fine. If you want to be sure, get a mold kit. What is that? <laughs> right. I think it's fairly self-explanatory. Yeah. To get to find mold. Like, did you hear? Like he saw a toenail on his cornflakes. It's like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Our hero. Yes. God love him. It's a test. It's a test for mold. It's called a mold kit. You get it. Check out your cab and then you'll be sure. Dude, so even if you were like bullshitting me, I, where am I going to get a mold kit? Well, where are you now? So does does he sound vital now? I uh, sounds angry. <laughs> if that's if that's vitality, sure. Yeah. Adi, does he sound vital to you? I think you're stretching the definitions of vitality, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. How about this? Does he have energy? Yes. Okay, good. So he's got some energy. So uh, I'm 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 only trying to help him. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're a saint, Adam. Thank you. But I love it. He's recognizing like the hook in the water. He's like, I'm not, I'm not fighting. You're not going to get me this time. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm on to you. So good for Phil. Either that or he's lazy. <laughs> that could be it too. Yeah. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Good for Phil. Then I got this voicemail. I bought a mold kit. You f- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just the rage. Yeah. <laughs> He, he couldn't take it. <laughs> I love it because despite him saying to himself, I'm not falling for it, I'm not doing it, he couldn't help yeah. go down this path. I love well, it. This, this is what happened. I Google mold and the effects it can have on your body. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. And all the stuff that I'm dealing with is created by mold. And it's, you know what, present on naval vessels. Old naval, I'm, I'm, I'm on an old naval vessel. <laughs> He's on an old naval vessel. <laughs> oh, I got mold sickness. He's got mold sickness. <laughs> mold. That's the clinical term, right? Mold sickness? Yes, he's got mold sickness. He got all wound up because he read the internet. And so he, so vitality can be someone taking action, right? So he did sure. take action. So I get off the ship, 100 degrees weather outside, by the way, sweating my ass off. I go to CVS, I buy a mold kit. Can't breathe out of the left side of my face. And now I'm looking for mold. I'm looking for mold. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do when I find the mold. What do you, what do, you do with it? <laughs> what am I supposed to do with it? I don't have any cleaning solvents. Did you just say he can't breathe out of the left side now? Yes. I told you. He's not. But Phil's fluid. Phil's fluid. <laughs> Phil's an idiot. 
So Phil now is searching for mold, but he's searching with vitality. So I, I think our work here is done. Adam, why don't you just save your time and just carry around a long pin and just stick them in the butt? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He does sound a little bit more full of vitality now. Sounds so we'll a little alive, doesn't he? Yes, he's out. Yeah. He's, he has a purpose now. He has to find mold. He's got something to do. He's not laying in his depression with his clogged sinuses. Yes, sir. Yeah, because if you compare the beginning where it's, I'm just coming out of the abyss nope. to the end where he's like, you what are we yeah. doing <laughs> yeah you're right he's out of the abyss and 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 he's got energy it, it's better than being depressed no I, yes. i'll give you that adam you're his vitality coach thank you <laughs> thank you so much i'm so glad i could be of service that's one of the things i was talking to uh talking to paul gilmartin about and the podcast the mental illness happy hour which he created and hosts is a is a safe place for people to talk about their issues and that's not just me saying it that's the new york times and i really really enjoyed uh talking with paul so you guys listen to this and we will see you on the other side nosebleeds memory loss pulmonary hemorrhage many people believe that these conditions are caused by exposure to a dangerous substance released by mold the good news is that scientists have chalked this up to media hype since studies have yet to find any proof that a link exists between exposure and those symptoms. But the bad news is that while those aren't directly linked to mold exposure, there are some other symptoms that can be pretty serious. <laughs> the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 minutes you'll never get back. What is that smell, Carl? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I have got some stand updates for you, my friends. July 22nd and 23rd, I am going back to Uncle Vinny's in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. And one night only, July 13th, I will be at the Potawatomi Casino in Milwaukee. Uh, there's a link to tickets right here in the show notes. Uh, we also have a link for our T-shirts, a link for my YouTube special. And as always, if you can make any of these gigs, you come up after the show, let me shake your hand and say thank you for all the love and support you've shown me and this podcast all right go on get out of here pay attention when i'm talking to you boy adhd it's not just for kids nice boy but doesn't listen to a word you say welcome to the add interview it's not that you're not interesting it's just that i can't focus and my guest this week is oh look a bird <laughs> 
My guest this week is a comedian, television personality, and podcaster. He studied at the famed Chicago Second City. You know him from the long-running TBS show Dinner and a Movie. He was the executive producer and the host of the Mental Illness Happy Hour podcast. He has a highly developed internal sense of direction. He is a woodworking craftsman with a Danish modern aesthetic. And the two of us geeked out in a green room when we found out we were both Beatles fanatics. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's my pal Paul Gilmartin. How are you, my friend? Hello, Adam. Hello. Good to see you. It's good to see you too, buddy. Yeah, that was, uh, I, I I said to Adam about halfway through our intense Beatles-centric conversation, <laughs> how have we not been best friends forever? <laughs> and I we feel, are now. I think that might have been the first time I, I met you. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I've ever met you before. I, I, I obviously knew who you were uh, as from the stand-up community, and uh, I knew, and Dinner and Movie actually really enjoyed the way you did that. Oh, I mean, thank you. Uh, it was on TBS. I liked it. I liked the Gerwitz years, Annabelle and Gerwitz. Mm-hmm. Th- those were the years. First of my six years, I think Annabelle yeah. was there. Yeah. But um, for those of you, uh, I'm sure you've seen the show. For those of you not familiar with it, it was great. You start off with making a a an entree dinner themed around uh, the themed movie. around the movie, and you mm-hmm. cut back in, and it was uh, it was funny. It was uh, you and you went all over the world, didn't you? Go to Italy once. We did. We did in '07. We went to Italy for ten days, and we went to uh, Florence and. And Venice, and I got food poisoning in in Venice, which was uh, a treat. Okay, back up. Yeah. Wait a minute. You go to Italy for the food, and you get food poisoning. Yeah, it it uh, it wasn't how you normally get food poisoning. You know, like from a from a restaurant. We were shooting outdoors, and uh, we were making something with seafood. And somebody had dropped a piece of seafood and everybody was stepping on it, and it was just starting to kind of get on my nerves. So in between takes, I picked it up. And I threw it off and I made a note to myself uh, because they said, okay, camera's up. We're ready to go. And I, because I was about to go wash my hands. Mm -hmm. And I said, note to self, go wash your hands as soon as this take is over with. Cut to, we're eating. I'm eating with my fingers. And I realized I forgot to wash your hands. Go wash my hands. I'm like, Uh, oh, it'll be fine. Yeah. Cut to midnight. Gurgle. Uh, gurgle, gurgle. Uh, I couldn't even stand up the, uh, the the next morning. It was yeah, it was brutal. So, but I got to get paid for a day that I didn't work. Yeah. So, you're you know. but your system's not built for for like European dysentery. <laughs> That's on the metric system. You can't do that. <laughs> but what an amazing trip! So. Uh, that that job was uh, just a blessing in so many ways. I worked with great people. Mm-hmm. I got to travel around, and you know, I got to fulfill my dream of seeing what it would be like to be on on television. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of being on on television that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. It's funny, you know. Yeah. You know, be careful of what you wish for. Yeah, you'll get it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Suddenly, I realized, oh, you don't just show up and everybody does everything. Mm for you you have to think hard about what you're going to say it was it was mostly improvised and being somebody that's a people pleaser and worried about being liked yeah every decision you make is going to be seen by a million people on friday Mm -hmm. you know that's that that'll bring out all your demons yeah it's 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 not the late show at zany's it's a bigger audience yeah (laughs) yeah that's and it's funny you say you get and i don't know if I what 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 saved me from that thought process, Paul, was I wasn't I was ignorant. I wasn't that aware of it. I was just doing it. Was this when you're doing Rescue Me? Rescue Me, Jackie. Any kind of acting, it was uh, 
I would do it and then I would flip out. Like I wouldn't mm -hmm. flip out in the moment. I would flip out by the thoughts screaming at night. Like, oh my God, I could have done that better. That's, that's the take they're going to use. You know, that mm -hmm. was the big, you know, the big thing. And it was, you know, uh, you look back and you're like, oh, the good old days. They weren't that good. I was, I was a neurotic mess, you know? And do you feel like you're in a better place now? No, it's all crumbling. <laughs> no, yes. Do I feel like I'm in a better place? I, I'm, I'm in a more aware place now. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Yeah. It makes total sense. It's like the awareness is the first thing. And then, okay, what are the tools you have today yeah. to deal with the awareness? Because you can intellectually understand that something is is going on with you that is, uh, you know, that you're swimming upstream mm -hmm. mentally. But are you going to take the time to meditate? Reach, yeah. reach out to a friend, read a self-help book, you know, do, do yeah, something to care for yourself. Or are you going to shove it down? Yeah. Well, you know what helped me? And this is recent, too. Um, I, I found a quote. Uh, understanding the question is half an answer. You know, so if I understand what I'm going through, mm -hmm. there's half an answer. And why does this keep happening? Well, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's, the universe is either going to tap you on the shoulder or kick you in the ass. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's I, that's where I think the awareness is. The awareness is I have to take action to do this. It's not just going to go away. Yeah. And, and identifying the patterns, like you said, is, you know, it took me into my 40s, sometimes into my 50s to realize some of the patterns that I mm -hmm. had. Um, it wasn't until I, I got sober and I had to really take a hard look at myself and the way that I reacted. First of all, identifying what my fears and my resentments were. Mm -hmm. And once I began identifying my fears and seeing the pattern of how I would react, because it would usually present itself, the dysfunction will present itself as you being angry at someone. Yeah. But when you get some distance from it, you can get, you know, a little bit of objective uh, perspective on it. And you can say, okay, where was I wrong? Where was I filtering stuff mm -hmm. through fear? And I realized that my biggest fear was of of living a life that was forgettable. Really? Yeah. And I saw that whenever I was confronted with feeling abandoned or ignored or minimized, that that was when my character defects would come to the to the forefront you know it would be i would i would try to be somebody i wasn't mm -hmm. you know i would brag or or i would you know numb myself with with drugs or alcohol mm -hmm. or you you know you name it. it but and the the thing that i was able to identify that was the problem obviously was me but it was it was always all about me yeah. And I lacked a sense of community in my life and I lacked the ability to be vulnerable because my guiding force, my guiding thought of what safety would look like in the future was if I could be impressive enough professionally, I would be successful and then people would want to be around me and I wouldn't be alone and I would have enough money until I died. Right. And I didn't realize, well, if you're spending every waking hour trying to figure out a way to distance yourself from people, mm. you're going to feel alone. Yeah. And it's not that I ever did distance myself from people professionally or stood out, just the very act of trying to be better than other people, rather than saying, what do I have in common? Yeah. And that's where I, you know, having to go get help to stay alive from my addictions was the very thing 
that brought me what I was looking to get through fame and recognition. And it was such an irony that I realized, oh, being one of many is where it's at. Mm. That that shared experience of struggle and humiliation and hopelessness. Yeah. That that brought hope back into my life because I realized, oh, this is this is uh we're all connected. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 looking to distance myself. These unwashed bastards. I just I want gate money, Gil Morton. I want to draw I want the gate in front of the house. I want to go to the studio, work behind a gate. You're gonna electrify the gate? I electrify the I'm gate. I want a moat. Yeah. I know what you're saying, and it's it's because when you find uh, for me anyway, when I found that I wasn't alone, the loneliness went away. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now you went undiagnosed. Mm-hmm. You had like really like I think they call it untreatable depression. I, I what is the treatment th- resistant depression? Treatment is what I have. That's yes. like that's that that's Superman shit. You yeah. know. Yeah. So you got like Superman depression. It's a motherfucker. Yeah. It is. It it has been a a, a battle of probably uh, first started going on meds twenty two years ago. Yeah. And when they figured it out, they haven't. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you were a Tesla. I think back then the the. Uh, the prescription was go chop some wood with your shirt off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my father. Because yeah, I came from the culture where you don't talk about. There, there was no treatment no. for anything. My father, Pop, I'm not happy. Welcome to Earth. Okay. <laughs> right. You know, my father told me. My father told me you're thinking too much. Because that's what it is. Get a mortgage. Put a bank on your back for thirty years. That'll give you some clarity. Oh, <laughs> did he really say yeah. that? Oh my God! Yeah. Oh my so God. So I have to ask, what is untreatable depression? Treatment resistant depression. Yeah. It, I'll, it I'll just, yeah. yeah what yeah. is treatment? It, it just means that it's more resistant to the average, uh, to the things that work for the average person with mm-hmm. with depression. It doesn't mean that meds won't work. Um, it just means it's harder to find a combination mm. that works. Um, it just imagine if Pete Rose was depression. Right. Okay. That's it. Just you know, you the betting and the haircut. The, the betting and the haircut. I can see why. <laughs> uh, so a lot of different things that I've tried that have worked for other people. For instance, I tried ketamine mm-hmm. uh, treatment. I tried uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation. I've tried uh, neurofeedback. Mm. Things that work for a ton of people. Right. Did not work for me, and I would always go back to my shrink, and he'd say. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I could have told you it's not going to work. So how did they, what did they do for you? Was it talk therapy and a combination of meds or was it? It's a ton of shit that, yeah. that, that I need to do on a daily or weekly basis. And I, and I have to say, I have a good life and I'm able to appreciate my life. Sometimes I feel a bit numb. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not crippled by sadness like I was before I began uh, getting medicated and, and, and getting sober. Uh, I mean, I used to think about suicide 50 times a day. Mm. And it's funny because this was at the height of my, um, you know, my professional career. And it was then that I knew that there was something bottomless in me mm. that I couldn't identify what it was. But I, I remember... You know what it's like when you're driving down Sunset Boulevard and you see people's faces on the billboards yeah. on the side of a building and you're like, well, they've made it. You the know? worst when you know those people. Then, yes. then, then I play this game. He's working? <laughs> well, I used to always you know, think, well, 
Dinner and movies, it's not really a show. The movie is the show. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just, uh, it's cable. It's not broadcast. So I'd find all these ways to minimize it. But I was always impressed when I would see somebody's face on a billboard on Sunset Boulevard. So one year, uh, lo and behold, they took out billboards on Sunset Boulevard and our faces on a three-story building on the side, you know, the side of a building in New York. And, uh, and I remember going to see the billboard on Sunset Boulevard and I looked at at it and I lost respect for Sunset Boulevard. You did. That that was my takeaway from it was this is no longer a big deal because you know it's like the Groucho Marx yeah. joke. I'm not gonna be more of a club. And it was then that I realized that there's something bottomless in me that I'm that I'm trying to fill. And I wasn't sober yet. And that was one of the pieces to the puzzle was getting sober and realizing I need to be of service. Mm-hmm. I need to own my own shit. Uh, I need to stop uh, just making my God the pursuit of pleasure. That was my God. Mm -hmm. And so once I began kind of taking some more responsibility for my actions and and, and realizing just how much work uh, it was to do, I was like, you know, I got to make sure I'm consistent with therapy. I got to continue seeing uh, a shrink, trying different meds, exercising, meditating, you know, prayer, Mm. outreach phone calls and those are to this day those are all things that i have to do to just have a baseline of of having a chance to to have a good day right and i don't really think about it nowadays because it's just a part of my routine but um my first go-to when i'm uncomfortable in my skin is to play video games for four hours i don't get drunk anymore you know i don't look at pornography for you know for hours i don't even look at pornography Mm -hmm. and um but that was a battle for sure. years. Uh, but video games are are my go to. That's now. the new thing. Yeah, yeah. When I don't want to, when I don't want to feel, I don't want to look at my to do list. Yeah. Know? How do you? How do you? What's your relationship with your to do list? My relation. I hate it, but yeah. I keep making them. My. But do you tackle them every yeah, day? Yeah. But well, here, here's my when I get caught in my my resistance loop. Yeah. To what I have to do is I plan. That's what I plan to do shit rather than do shit. I'll rewrite the list. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go back to the list and I'll prioritize the list. And then I'll say, well, I can put that off because, and I'll rewrite the list. So in some, yeah, in some weird way, I'm doing my work without doing my work. Like it's, it's not out of my mind. Brilliant. No, it's, it's my ego, the insidious frigging ego that keeps sneaking in there to make a deal with yourself that you are doing something. You're, you're just reorganizing your list. I heard somebody say one time, uh, I have a tyrant and a rebel mm-hmm. in my head and the tyrant screams at what I'm supposed to be doing. And the rebel says, fuck you. We're not going to do anything. Yeah. And nothing gets done. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was like, that is exactly the battle that I have in my head yeah. every day. But when you say you have, you have to do these things, but yet they're still part of your, uh, your routine those i do i'm yeah. talking about the to, to-do list of you know make a youtube video uh yeah you know do, do reach out to this person to be a guest mm-hmm. clean the house oh yeah and that stuff doesn't get done right you know like i when we ran into each other at the club mm-hmm. i was like uh, i wanted to keep we both had to go we had other sets and stuff but i was like oh, i got a call it was three days before i reached out and, right and found your number and said i call you and it's so Things do get done. What I did found, what what I have found makes it easier on me, and, and I say this at the end of the podcast, and I've said it on the show before, is I close every show by saying, life is odd. Take it easy on yourself. You know? 
it's great advice. Because you can't, you have to allow the time for stuff. It's like cars. We talk about cars before we turn the thing on. When you, when you're going to load the suspension in the car, you're going to slide a car. When you're going to, you know, slide a corner, you got to put the input in and then let the car take the input. It's four or five thousand pounds has to get all that weight shifted on one part of the. Uh, suspension, and then you can hit the throttle, and then too much throttle, you're going to over-rotate. So it's it's a communication with the car, and there's a communication with me and me that I have to do. Problem I have is half of me knows that the other half of me is full of shit. <laughs> it, it probably took me 15 years of seeing a psychiatrist and going through the, uh, this med's not working, or let's try a lower dosage or a higher dosage, and me being frustrated and angry at myself for having depression, that I realized, why don't I just look at it like the flu? I don't mm -hmm. yell at myself when I have the flu. I don't call myself lazy when I have the flu. But this is, depression is a flu of the brain, the soul, the body, whatever you want to call it. There's a, a great author named uh, Andrew Solomon who wrote a book about depression called The Noonday Demon. And one of the things that he says is the opposite of depression isn't happiness, it's vitality. Mm. And that really rang a bell for me because that is the thing that I struggle with. I realize, you know, I build probably a I don't know, a fifth of the, of the furniture in my living room is stuff that I designed and made. Mm -hmm. And I'd be in there for eight hours making this stuff, loving it, focused. So I have proof that I'm not a lazy person. I just sometimes need or lack vitality and passion because when it's there, I work my ass off. And so I've tried to stop calling myself lazy. Mm -hmm. But it's hard when you get up at noon and then you're back in bed at 2.30. Sometimes the world's dark. Yeah. yeah I just... mean, especially now, it's like if you're paying, a, you know, if you're awake and paying attention, you're a little depressed. Yeah. Well, that's why I wanted to ask you this. If you're paying attention, but the vitality doesn't, vitality can't come from, or I looked for, vitality I looked for in external circumstances. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's what I'm learning now. I can't do. And I and you said about the bottomlessness of our work when we were younger. I never got it as severe as you did. Uh, but I, it would flicker and I would go through months where and I would call it I can't hear the laughter. Yeah. That's what I would label it um, because it wasn't working anymore. You know, I was get I was at the cellar pole and I was blowing the room up. You know, you know, the cellar, it's a low ceiling. Mm -hmm. It's bang. You know, you, you get a laugh in that room. If you hit that right, that's a shockwave. And I wasn't, it wasn't working for me. Were you looking at your act like, I don't know how anybody finds anything funny? Yeah. 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 That's a terrible place to be. But then, then what happened to me is I, it, it spiraled and I got panic attacks because it, it was my programming. Well, I, uh, worry is not responsibility because I grew up in a, a culture of worry. Mm -hmm. And if you're worried about feeding everybody, you're being the responsible person because you're right. worried about taking care of your family. Right. right. But then you realize, wait a minute, if shit goes wrong, it's my responsibility. Here goes the worry. You know? right. <laughs> and right. you're spinning. So that's, um, I started getting panic attack that triggered the panic attack. And mm -hmm. what saved me was actually listening to my act because it took me out of, I think, it took me out of the creator and made me observing the character. Really? Yeah. So I wasn't owning the act. I was listening to the act. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah. Did that thought just occur to you? No. I, I, it took me a while of, of getting through the panic attacks because I was on meds too uh, for a while. And then, you know, when I went back and looked at it, you know, I said, oh, that must be it. 
You know who helped me? You know who helped me come up with that was Dana Gould. Yeah, I had Dana on the podcast, and he had we we're talking about panic attacks for some reason, and he said, "Yeah, you saw yourself as a character," and I just that that always sat with me. Mm. So um, that makes sense. Yeah. So I think if we don't, and I wanted to ask you because you, you're the mental illness happy hour, mm -hmm. and I have it right here. The New York Times actually said that you are creating a safe place for which guests can talk about their fears, addictions, childhood traumas, which is a, a barrel great, of laughs. A, Actually, there is there is humor in the podcast, depending yeah. on the on the guest. But yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. my question is, you, you built that space to be of service, and I'm sure talking to people has helped you. Can you pinpoint? It absolutely has. I've learned so much about a variety of people's struggles, which uh, not only do I get a feeling of meaning and purpose from it, but it's helped educate me and. And I feel uh, the sense of community that I got yeah. and get from from support groups and the feeling of relief from the nagging question of should I be somewhere else doing something else right now? Am I fucking my life up? Am I misplaying the cards that I've been dealt? Mm -hmm. And when I'm doing that podcast, I should say, ever since I've started doing the podcast, that question has been put to rest because I feel like everything I've gone through in my life was necessary for me to be able to do the job that I do on that podcast. And it's a really great feeling to feel like I'm where the universe wants me to be. That to me is winning the lottery. So even though I may be depressed on some days or, you know, my to-do list will celebrate an anniversary, uh, I, there is a part of me that just says you're where you're supposed to be. Give yourself a fucking break. That's great. That's, that's hard for me to get. It's there. hard. Yeah. Cause every time I'm doing something, I should be doing something else because Right. My biggest fear is not being able to provide. My biggest fear is not being able to right. work. And also, if you think about it, comedians have been given a brain or a brain has developed that is highly attuned to finding what's wrong. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, that's going to be there when you're off stage. Yeah. That's going to be there when you're not writing material. It's going to be picking things apart. Yeah. And so, how do you find a way to turn? that machine off when it's not necessary. I don't know if you turn it off. I think you just, you, you can lower the volume. Yeah. See, because that's more realistic. Stopping something. It's, it's not, it's here. I mean, uh, now I'm at the point where I'm going, all right, it's here. What can we make out of this? Mm -hmm. You know, it's here. Like, I know I'm going to, I'm going to have the impulse to yell, but you know, I'm going to have the impulse to defend myself, even though I know I'm wrong. I have to fight the impulse to get rid of the witness. <laughs> You really are from Long Island. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the, the point of it is those impulses are going to be there. What do you react to and what don't you react to? And then the organizing principle is what will make you make those choices. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah. Um, for, for me, one of the things that helps me and is kind of my first triage of questions that I ask myself is, am I filtering this situation through any of my fears? Mm -hmm. That's Are good. they being distorted by my fears? Because I've written fears that I have over the last 20 years, made lists of them, and I've probably written over 500. I am a fear-based person. Mm -hmm. So if I can recognize 
is there a fear at work here? And then the next time, the next question I will go to, if there's not a fear at work, is I will say, what do I have control in this situation or not? If I don't, I try to just surrender to the universe. And then if I do have control or influence in this situation, I ask myself, what is the principled thing to do? If there is a God, mm-hmm. what are the qualities that this God stands for? Honesty, kindness, compassion, diplomacy, um, you know, and then I try to bring those to bear. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always, you know, I don't always do that. Sometimes I'll react like any human being and say something snide and then have to apologize later. Yeah. Um, and so that has that has really helped me because when I lay my head down on my pillow at night, I sleep more soundly because I haven't continued to create the wreckage that I used to create. Yeah, I that's really good that you have a system. You have a technique, you have a a protocol, you know, it's like you get in a plane, you know, flaps, ailerons, you know, unaddressed trauma, (laughs) my friggin' mother, you know. It's interesting that you say that because uh, I play hockey in a beer league and there was this team, uh, an all women team that we used to play. And uh, there was a couple of players on there that were really dirty and the refs wouldn't call penalties on them i guess because they thought it didn't hurt as bad if you were getting chopped in the midsection by a woman with a with a stick um and i would say why didn't you you know why didn't you call that and the you know the refs would be like you know stop being a you know a whiner etc it it still hurts getting hacked around the the knees and and i found myself just becoming more and more angry and just taken out of the moment and and it and I would try to get quiet after the game and say, what is it work here? What is going on? Why? Because I've played other teams where there are players that are dirty, but this was getting under my skin in a way. And I realized one day it, it, it occurred to me that it reminds me of my mom. Your mom would hit you with a hockey stick. <laughs> she she was able to um uh, be abusive to me in a way that was disguised because she was a mom. Mm. And so it'll being female allowed it to slip under the radar. And that's what was happening here. And once I realized that this was just triggering trauma, I was able to, to let it go. Yeah. And, and the other thing I thought was I can't control whether or not they're hacking me or the refs are, uh, going to call the penalties. What do I have control? I have control over whether or not I show up. And so I stopped playing when we played against them. And some of my teammates gave me shit. Mm. And the and some of the women on that team would be like, where's Paul? You know, and make snide comments. And I, I had to let it go. Good for you. I mean, that's, that's, it's one of what's very insightful to know that's very courageous to make that choice and endure this and to, and to endure the anxiety of change and ridicule. I would just call her my mother and hit her with the friggin' stick. <laughs> Take that, ma! <laughs> then I would go to the refs. It's a girl, really? Lizzie Borden. Does that mean anything to you? Guy's head still off. Yeah. It, it, um, I try. I don't always succeed, but mm-hmm. I try when I'm upset or there's some type of challenge, I try to look at it as an opportunity to grow. And I good. know that okay. sounds like a bunch of new age no, horse no, no, shit. No, 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 good, good. All right. Well, it's, uh, before you go into dismissing yes. it, 
Right. Uh, if you look at it as an opportunity, I, I take out the word opportunity because that's that's not it's not neutral opportunity. Well, this this could be positive. It's mm-hmm. not positive. That lady's hitting me with a stick. Right. So, but what it is, it's a circumstance. Yes. It's what is to yes. see things. What is that's where I'm. I'm trying to see things. What is I'm aware of my own my 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 paradigm of bullshit as we mm-hmm. call it here at the home office. Right. You know the filter where I see shit in. Right. And then there's the new agey. No, life is beautiful. No, it's not. It's hard, and you're gonna. It's gonna hurt, and things smell. Yes. Okay. That's what. <laughs> yes. That's what I've come up with. Yeah. So if you can see, I, I, I want to see the. I want to see. I want to smell the smell. Mm-hmm. I want to see the thing, and then I want to make a choice. And what mm-hmm. you said, like if I lead a principled life and everything, that's to cultivate virtue is something I strive to do. But in order to do that, I had to remove myself from the outcome of success. Yes, because that was fucking with me. Yes, you know, like oh, I did it. Well, I did the right thing, and it still didn't work it's out. Still a way of trying yeah. to control it. You're still, yeah. That's the insidiousness of the it ego. It is. It yeah. is, and that is a struggle that I have because I, you know, there, I. I am a, to some degree or another, a codependent person that mm-hmm. it's easier for me to relax if nobody's upset. Yeah. Well, com- I think comics in general, we have that spidey sense of tension in the room to yeah. re- relieve the tension. Yeah. And I think that's our gift. Uh, one of the ways we can contribute. How How are you with knowing that somebody doesn't like you? It hurts. I don't know why, because I feel less than, and I feel like I have to do... So- it was my fault. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And then I realized, he's just an asshole, mm-hmm. you know? How could he... And then I realized, and I actually... I, I learned this in about myself by helping a buddy of mine who reached out to me about, you know, negative comments and shit. Mm-hmm. He goes, how do you deal with it? I go, that guy is an asshole. Mm-hmm. You wandered into the orbit of an asshole. It's got nothing to do with you. Right. You just got the tractor beam took you into his orbit. Mm-hmm. Get out of the orbit. He's going to be asshole to the next guy too. Yeah. It was just your turn. Yes, it's not personal. Yeah, you know, it's like tracking, taking traffic personally. Mm-hmm. No, it just those is. bastards are out to get me, Gil Martin. <laughs> and you know, the other thing that helps me too is to try to imagine what internally it's like to be that person that I'm resenting. Mm-hmm. And the a couple of the women on the team that I had a problem with, I tried to imagine what it was like for them growing up playing hockey mm. as a as a woman. And I thought they must have gotten so much shit. So much shit. Yeah. And I'm sure stuff's being triggered. You know, in them when they're playing, you know, uh, an older brother that told them, you know, you can't come and play. You're a girl or or somebody even giving them a backhanded comment saying you're the you're you know, you're a great uh, hockey player for a girl. And just imagine a lifetime of that. That helped me have more compassion for them, because when somebody pushes my fucking button. Yeah, I don't always react. In the right way. I've said the serenity prayer in the penalty box so Mm. many fucking times. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm just seeing red and I can't wait to get on the ice and fucking level the guy yeah. that that is pissing me off. But I have to say, by the, by the end of the game now, I'm able to shake everybody's hand and even that guy and own my part in it. And it's usually because I'm frustrated and I'm afraid I'm going to let my teammates down and they won't like me. Mm. And so that's where the rage is coming from. The rage is from perceived exclusion? Yeah. Okay. Failure. Perceived failure. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think that goes back to 
I guess, abandonment or the, the initial incident? Well, it's interesting that, that you asked that because I was talking with my therapist about this. Probably my biggest issue these days, other than the video games, is I get nervous. I don't get nervous when I play pickup hockey, mm-hmm. but I get nervous when I play league games because I'm afraid I'm going to make a mistake. It's going to lead to a goal by the other team, and my teammates are going to have a hard time looking me in the eye. Mm. They're going to be disappointed that I'm on the team. Mm-hmm. And... She said, was there an event in your past? And it suddenly occurred to me, the very last time I played baseball, I was 14 years old, and my team was down by one run. I'm at bat, bottom of the ninth, two outs, and I get called out on strikes uh, with my bat on my shoulder. And nobody on my team said a word or looked me in the eye. And I remember that feeling so viscerally that I... That I I wouldn't say that I was unworthy of love, but that but that failure as a teammate couldn't lose you friendships. Yeah. And it's not a conscious thing. I think it's just kind of woven into my body. And so when I feel that nervousness, adrenaline starts firing and it robs me of oxygen. And then I do play badly. Yeah. But uh, if that's the worst of my problems uh, these days... Uh, I got a pretty good life. Yeah. Well, can I ask you this? Is this the first time that that uh, realization came to you? Uh, connecting it to that event. To that event. Yeah. And that was that's recently. Yeah, it was just last week that that I made that that realization that it was probably connected to that. And and the other moment too was the, my dad was uh, kind of a closet, not kind of. He was a closet alcoholic, high functioning, and joy was not something on my dad's platter. Mm. And the only time I remember seeing him express joy was when I pitched uh, a winning game against an undefeated team in Little League. And he came leaping out onto the mound and and picked me up. Ah. And so I think there's also that That winning equals love. Yeah. Okay. It's really interesting that you discovered or you realized that now, recently. Because my next question is, it's not, people think it's immediate relief. Oh, that's it. it does, now the work starts. Exactly. Now the fucking work. That's the patience. That's 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 why things are called, you know, for lack of a better word, a practice, a spiritual practice, a sober practice. It's all mm-hmm. a practice. It's a little bit each day. And that's the one of the things I had to learn was the, the patience, Paulie. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't have patience. It's hard. No. It's hard, especially when you're scared. Yeah. And a lot of the times I'm, I'm fucking scared. And the immediate gratification we get from work. And the, you know, I'll say something, I'll get a laugh, I'll go on stage and improv. That's, that's, that's the best state of being for me because I'm a vessel. I'm not thinking about my bullshit. I am being of service and it's all coming out of me and it's coming through me and I feel better about myself in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I was given the, the ability to do it. Yeah. And but, the feeling of I have worth and there's something about me that is a little bit special. Yeah, in that moment. But in that moment. Every, see, I look at it this way. If we're human beings, we're, this is the velvet rope. Right? We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're here. We're special. Everyone's special. Just a question about how much you cultivate it and use right. what you got. So right. that kind of helps me. Because when I got off stage, I'm like, did you just see what I can just do? Yeah, well, the next guy did it too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I can't put my value on that. Right, because then when you have a shitty show, you're in the fucking dumps. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do we do? Play video games. But this, okay, that's it. Great. And Minecraft. This is what you got for me, Gil Martin? Civilization and Golden Tea. Those are my jams.
Oh, you like the golf? Is it oh, golden, yeah. golden tee golf? Oh, yeah. I remember I that one with, in with my the house. wheel? Yeah, I have it. In That's my house. the one? Yeah. Oh, God bless you. Yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. That, there was that game, and there was the uh, the Terminator pinball game. We'd had the, uh, the mm-hmm. trigger. Yep. And it would, the ball would go up and shoot around. And... Oh, such a good feeling. Yeah. Such a good feeling. Yeah. yeah. Wow, we're old and fucked up. <laughs> Mental illness happy hour. Yes, sir. Well done. I mean, it's 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 one of the I got right here too. It is one of the highly rated and downloaded podcasts on iTunes. What was your proudest moment doing the podcast? Mm-hmm. I think the first time I got an email from somebody who said that this person said I had made plans to kill myself on Saturday night, mm. and I turned on your podcast and I changed my mind. Wow. Wow. Because I'll tell you, I listened to a few episodes and I, I, I wanted to kill myself. So <laughs> That's the balance, Paulie. I don't want you getting too big for yourself. But I can't thank you enough for being here, my friend. I really enjoyed connecting with you after all these years to finally meet you. Uh, great okay. work. And, and thank you for being my guest. Oh, buddy. Loved it. Best to you and the family, baby. Paul is a very impressive man. He, he's done the work on himself, and he, and, he, and he continues to do it. Very impressive guy. And by the way, I just want to get this on the record. Love Dinner and a Movie. It's one of my favorite shows of yeah. all time. Miss, yeah. I miss it, and he was great. Well, I have to tell you, Adam, I have never taken so much notes as I did while listening. I was fascinated by what you guys were talking about, and you, both of you gave such great advice. Whoa. I said, wow, is Adam that evolved? Thank you. Thank you for being shocked at that. (laughs) Yeah, I especially liked when you said, um, if you can't turn it off, lower the volume. Mm -hmm. I had something to add to it. I thought, yeah, if you can't lower the volume, how about muting it? Mm, Yeah. I'm sorry, I had you on mute. I wasn't listening. (laughs) (laughs) Bingo. There you go. There you go. Yeah, that was the thing. It's like trying to get rid of something. Dean told me this. Dean Slider goes, things are here. Don't get angry. Don't wish that things weren't here. Things are here. What are you going to do about what's here? You know, start with what's here and what what is, and then you go from there. So, yeah, uh, I guess I guess when I needed that answer, it came out. Yeah, it was good. Very good. I also liked when you said, understanding the question is half the answer. Good. Yes. Well, that's fortune cookie worthy right there. It's actually Socrates, but it, well, I can't take credit for it. Stick it in a fortune cookie. Yeah. You can eat the cookie. Just don't don't drink the drink because that that's dangerous. <laughs> What'd you put in this? Yeah. Oh, what do you want me to drink? Yeah. No, but that that is, I mean, listen, but recognizing that and 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 bringing it out at that point, I thought was uh, was outstanding. And because that, that is, a, you know, understanding the question is more than half the battle, you know? Yeah, because to, to me, it's like, OK, I'm upset. Why am I upset? And it went through his it, it, I, I think well, that that connects to him going through his triage of questions, you know, when he says, yes, I'm angry. But but is there is there past fear or past trauma? Am I seeing it through this filter? And you really got to yeah. that's very helpful. And that's what I'm really starting to do more and more of that now. You know, it's like, you know, someone pisses me off and, I, and, and I'm just like, what do you want from me, ma? And I'm not talking <laughs> to my mother. Well, yeah, you're saying about your mother when he was talking about playing hockey. Yeah. It's like, why am I so triggered? Why am I so triggered? Then he thought about it and it went back to his mom. Yeah. Yeah. Because his had- mom, I don't know if you know this, but his mom 
His mom is really Wayne Gretzky. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. I thought he made the right call there. Like, first of all, to be able to slow yourself down and ask yourself those questions, like you're talking those triage of questions you talked Mm -hmm. about. Um, That helps you so much to recognize what you're dealing with and remove the emotion from all of it. And then when he saw that, he's like, you know what? The only way I can fix this is to remove myself from the situation. I call mm-hmm. it the uh, the war games answer. Remember that movie with yeah. uh, Matthew Broderick? You know, what a day, what an interesting game. The only way to win is to not play. Mm-hmm. That's the only way he could win there is to not play the game. It didn't matter if he was, if the other players were getting snide talk or, you know, his, his cops were getting busted by his own teammates. It's like, no, this is the only way to protect myself is to take myself out of the equation. And he had the, the courage and the wisdom to do that. So my hat is off to him for that. And you know, he didn't ask himself those triage of questions during the game. He did say he was in the penalty box a lot. Yeah, yeah, but he wasn't in the penalty box going, well, what am I really angry with? He's like, I am going to hit this lady in the back <laughs> of her head if I get out there again. I will say this. If there were women on the other team that were playing, they were giving cheap shots and thinking I, there will be no retaliation because I'm a woman, that's terrible. They should know better than that. You shouldn't play cheap. No cheap shots, no dirty play. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, period. And he was worried uh, about um, letting people down in a, in a league situation yes. because of Little League. The fact that he made that connection with his dad, you know, when, 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 he, when he struck out with the bat on his shoulder and that trauma is coming back to him. And then when, when, when he was on the mound and he won the game and his father was really happy, he connected, you know, achievement to love. I'm like, man, I, afterwards I was so impressed with Paul and then I realized I have so much work to do. I, I, <laughs> well, first of all, he, everybody has, everybody that's played sports has failed. That's what sports is. It's failure. And it's what you do after that. And it's how you respond to people on your own team. When somebody fails, you don't mm. turn your back on them. I mean, I felt terrible for him. He needs some good teammates and a good coach. When he was a kid, you strike out in the game, you feel terrible. What you need is you need somebody putting their arm around you saying, Hey, don't worry. We'll get them next time. Keep your head up. Like we're yeah. all in this together. And if you look at your teammates and they're all looking at you like, I hate you. You failed us. You're the reason we lost. Like mm. you need to find a new team because those yeah. people are not worth playing with. Yeah. I, I agree with you completely. And I also took it as a learning experience because your memories are so powerful. Yeah. And yeah. how to remember them. Cause sometimes you remember things that didn't actually go the way you remember it. Mm-hmm. You know, so the reality of the memory, it's very interesting how memory can either uh, prompt you up or take you down. Everyone I have usually pisses me off. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when I, when I relive moments, it's always with disgust. You know, I never remember a moment of glory. It's always like, I can't believe how stupid you were or how badly you effed that up. Like, it's never like a grand parade of like, remember when you hit the winning home run and, and like, then you were prom king or thing like that. It's all like, you're an idiot. <laughs> We're going to cut each other some slack, right? Yeah, as long yeah. as we try to be better people, I think in the long run, that's all we can do. Well, a very good friend of mine passed along some wisdom to me. He says, listen, life is hard. Take it easy on yourself. I can't remember what the guy's name was. <laughs> that guy's full of shit. <laughs> Maybe, but that was on the money.
Mm. Yeah, I do it too. Like when I when I, I see a stand up clip, you know, we post a stand up clip. I'm like, oh, do you have a filter that makes me like myself? Do we have that? <laughs> right? Is there something out there? No, oh, but I can God. put buddy ears on you, Adam. Yeah, <laughs> that we can do. <laughs> well, I've got all these old tapes of me when I first started in radio, like a thousand years ago, and people are like, "Don't you want to listen to those?" I'm like, "No." I have no wow. desire wow. here because I'll just sit there and critique myself to death. I'll be like, God, that's terrible. How did you last in this business? You stink. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to do that. Well, it, it's like that. It's like that, that billboard on, on, on Sunset Boulevard. He was like, oh. I really want that billboard. I really want. And then he got the billboard. He goes, ah, these people don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I know. He gets this great moment and then he self-sabotages. He's like, well, if I'm up there, then it can't be worth any value. What yeah. was that? Groucho Marx line that you were quoting him? Yeah, if I belong to the club, then it shouldn't be worth belonging to. Yeah, uh, Groucho. Oh, it was. It was. Uh, if I wouldn't want to be a member of a club that would have me as a member. <laughs> yeah. yes. I thought that was sad. He couldn't enjoy the moment. I know. Yeah. Adam, remember when you were on a billboard on Sunset Boulevard? Yes. Yes, that was a lifetime moment. And what did you do? Took a picture. We got a cup of coffee. I said, "Okay, let's go home. The game's on." <laughs> it. He did not take the, a victory lap. He didn't say, oh, you know what? This is so cool. No, I was the only one jumping up and down in the parking lot. He was looking at it going, hmm, is that my mole? <laughs> you have to be able to take a victory lap at certain moments in your life. Now, you don't do what like I would probably- One step at a time, you pain in the ass, all right? <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying, don't do what I would do, which is I would camp out underneath the billboard for like two weeks straight. <laughs> Be like, hey, you see that? It's me up there. Hey, yeah, how you doing? Come over here. Yeah, you want to take a picture with me? Yeah, don't do that. But I just want to see you internalize a little bit of that. Yeah. If I remember correctly, you didn't even want to drive down Sunset Boulevard. I'm like, Adam, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I had to prod him to go. Come on, it'll, man. It'll be there Tuesday. Let me watch the game. Okay. Spoiler alert. I'm guessing the Jets lost that day. Is that safe to say? Sure, because the day ended in Y. <laughs> No, but that, honestly, that's a very cool moment for both you guys. I, I just, I wish both of you guys could have enjoyed it a little bit more because that's, I did, that's no, honestly I did, I, one of the cool things. I, I'll be honest with you, Stern. I did, I did enjoy, I enjoyed seeing my wife enjoy it. That really made, that made, it made me very happy to see her, her jumping up and down, that big smile on her face. Yeah. So, okay. I'm your meter. I'll take it. Thank you. I'm a man of service. <laughs> you are. You uh, are, my friend. To me and Phil. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, I love Phil. I want to aid him in his in his sinus battle. If any way I could be there to help the man drain, I would be. Listen, if I had to go to where he is to save him, you know I would go there. Galveston, oh Galveston. <laughs> You're funny. I want to thank Paul McGumbarton for being my guest. Uh, his podcast, The Mental Illness Happy Hour, is wherever you get your podcast. Uh, uh, and you can get a lot of good uh, information there. Honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrara at Gmail. And thank you guys for coming to see me out on the road. Well, I'm in New York City right now. We are recording this on a Monday. I just did one show at Soul Joel Sunday night. Got a standing ovation. You know why? Man of service. That's me. I'm a man <laughs> of service. Congratulations. Thank yes. you. And I got, uh, if you're in Point Pleasant, New Jersey, I got uh, Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club coming up the 22nd and 23rd. Uh, and then I'm at the Potawatomi Casino on the 30th. Uh, the show is growing. It's all because of you. Thank you guys so much. Tell six or seven people you love about the show. Uh, uh, and if you get a chance to leave us a review, that helps us with our friend, 
Mr. Algorithm. We're all in this together, brothers and sisters. Share the road. And always remember that life is hard. You take it easy on yourself. There it is. There it is right there. Remember that. Don't listen to him. The pod has ended. <laughs> Go in peace. Okay, then you're at, look, if you're comfortable possibly dying on the black pearl, that's your choice. (laughs) Pirates of the Caribbean 6, the curse of nasal congestion. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.